0: The free-for-all roundtable.
1: Brought to you by Lexus Vaughan, Canada's newest Lexus dealer in the Maple Auto Mall near Rutherford at Highway 400. Luxury is closer than you think.
0: Round one.
1: On round one, let's say good morning to Amanda Galbraith, principal at Navigator and host of Free-for-all Fridays. Toronto City Councilor Shelly Carroll is here. Robert Turner, who you're familiar with on our show, but he got graduated into management, so he's here a lot less, but it's nice to see you this morning. Uh, Let's begin and we can listen in to a tiny portion of it. John Torrey yesterday first recorded a video endorsing Anna Bailau and then actually recorded a robocall, which uh, amongst others, Siobhan Morris received. And so she sent us a copy of it, but we don't need the robocall. Let's go with John Torrey's endorsement from the video. Here we go.
2: Anna's story is the story of Toronto. She is who we want to be. She came here as a young woman, working alongside her mother, cleaning offices downtown. She knows what it's like to struggle. She pulled herself up, and she's proven what she can do.
1: Okay, let me start with uh, Shelley Carroll, and I, I believe you've been mm-hmm. backing Anna Bailao, so you must be heartened uh, by this endorsement. Your thoughts?
2: Well, it's heartening, yes. but. Uh um the the big question and i guess we'll find out on monday is is how late endorsements uh, impact on a race I, I you know i heard the the comments of another panelist scott reed yesterday that that these late ones are are really questionable and i and i, I think that might be the case here because so many people uh i understand so many people voted in the advance voting that uh, uh in a low turnout by election It's possible that most people did. What this picks up uh, uh, for Anna is uh, uh, a lot of the undecideds, but that is now only about 20% of those voting.
1: Amanda Galbraith, I think one of the reasons for these late endorsements or slags is that the race is tight, and so you know John Tory wants to make a difference for Anna Bailau, and Doug Ford wants to see if he can take out Olivia Chow.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think... um... I think people are making a calculation that you know they sort of think both well, sides probably hope that certain campaigns would take off in different ways or they would get traction. Um, and while there certainly has been some movement, I don't think it's been fast enough given the, the tight timeline on this by-election. So yeah, we saw Doug Premier wearing yesterday. We saw former mayor, John Tory way in for, um, Anna bylaw who, you know, I think what he says about her in that clip, which is true, right. She's actually like a, quite a remarkable woman who, you know, she used to clean city hall and and now she was, then she was deputy mayor. And now she's running for mayor. I mean, it's, it's such a story of Toronto. Um, she's, a, she's a personal friend. Yeah. So I will, I will confess that as well. But, uh, um, so I was, it was heartening to see that. I think it shows the kind of people want mayor John Tory. Um, I think their best option candidly is Anna bylaw And I, I know, others have said uh-huh. that as well. So um, that's just something they need to consider the ballot box next Monday.
1: Okay. And Robert Turner, I know if John Tory was running, he'd probably win in this election, but at the same time, well, that's what all the polls showed. Yeah. Yeah. My first thought in seeing this yesterday was we wouldn't be having a mayor's race if you, you know, you're, you're the reason why we're having this.
0: A thousand percent, and he's got to own that. And you know, he gave himself the maximum penalty for what he did, uh, and he's going to be judged on it. I mean, this is going to be part of his legacy forever. Uh, I think he, and I think you know, he said he was never going to endorse anybody in this, and then, in a typical John Tory way, changed his mind and decided to jump into it. Uh, And I am not surprised that he did. I invited him on the morning show today to talk about it, and he said, "No, I'm not doing any interviews." I said, "Well, when you change your mind on that, the phone lines open and give us a call." I mean, because we may see this change over the weekend if he thinks it's going to have an impact, because I think. He's sitting there looking at the city, his legacy, whatever that is. And does he really want his legacy to be Mayor Olivia Chow? Because the polls right now show that's where this is headed. As far as... What the turnout for this vote is going to be like? I don't think anybody knows. We've never had one of these before unfold this way. Um, Shelly, you talked about the the number the numbers in the the uh, early voting and being a lot higher. Are we going to see more people come out on election day than we expected? Fewer? We're not going to know until we get there. Is this going to have a, an impact? I think it's probably too little, too late. I think we're in uncharted territory. Yeah. But I also know in my own personal life, you know, Father's Day gathering on the weekend, people are coming. To me, Who should I vote for? I don't know anything oh, yeah. about any of these people. Uh, so, can I? you know, so if that's out there, if that's more than just, you know, it's anecdotal. It happened to a friend of mine. If that's if there are enough people out there and then they get a robocall from John Tory, who people didn't hate. No. Um, people liked, although it's weird because all the polls show, yeah, we like John Tory, but the city's a mess. I don't get how that works, but it seems to be where the the mood is. So who knows what this will do? OK, Shelly, you wanted to jump
2: can in. I, can I just. Yeah, I just want to say something about this comment of the premiers about the unmitigated disaster. Okay, well, hold on a second. Is... I want to
1: play that for everybody so we can all share. Oh, okay, sure, uh, yeah, effectively, sure. the premier seems to think if Olivia Chow gets elected, we're going to be living in a Cormac McCarthy book.
0: <laughs> well, we have a phenomenal relationship. The, the mayor actually I just texted him a little while ago. We've talked about this many times. I wish he was still mayor, but uh, the people are going to make that decision. But, I'll, I'll you know, I'll tell you. If you, you want my opinion, uh, if Olivia Chow gets in, it'll be unmitigated disaster. Uh, taxes are going to go up twenty-five to thirty percent when people can't afford the rent, can't afford mortgages. Now, um, you know, businesses are going to be fleeing Toronto. As far as I'm concerned,
1: yeah. Okay, Shelley Carroll, your thoughts?
2: I just—it it is laughable that this is coming from the premier because, it, actually. Every single candidate in this race has the potential now to be an unmitigated disaster because of Premier Ford's legislation. Everyone running now has the ability to pass whatever they feel like with a third of the vote every person in the race has to run the city now after the premier has taken away our ability to ask developers to pay for growth, that they should pay for the community infrastructure that we need so that growth pays for growth. Those are the things that are are really gonna be a struggle in city hall. What's fortunate here, is that all these candidates got into a competition to see who could commit first to never use that one-third power. We just have to hope that they they all stick to that. But it's Doug Ford that put that power there in the first place. Robert
1: Turner, Mm -hmm. I know that the Premier would like to be able to move the needle and perhaps not have Olivia Chow
0: elected as mayor, but it looks like it's going to happen. This is kind of a lousy start. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's an election campaign, right? Everybody says all kinds of awful things, and then they go in and work it out. I imagine if we are (laughs) dealing with Mayor Olivia Chow next week, the first meeting will be cordial, and Doug will come out and do very Doug things and say very Doug things, and it'll all be friendly. And Toronto will end up getting more money, because it has to, or we're going to have a real problem. Um, And I just think the Premier is really hoping people don't notice that this isn't just a Toronto problem. I mean, we have stories every day about municipalities in Ontario, struggling with the homeless crisis. You know, Barry is not bringing in laws about not letting people be in parks because of how horribly John Tory managed Toronto. It's a bigger issue than that. Um, And at some point the province is going to have to do more than just say, here's some powers, enjoy and get involved. Amanda Galbraith,
1: without overthinking it, um, but a question I posed to some of the mayoral candidates in the studios this week is like people like the premier are talking about Olivia Chow as if she is some sort of a Voldemort and maybe they're actually (laughs) showing us that they just don't get Toronto because Toronto seems to like Olivia Chow. Uh,
3: I mean, uh, (laughs) uh, uh, well, I I wouldn't call her Voldemort. I think that is uh, certainly, and she's, uh, you know, she's, I think any politician or person that's given their life to public service is deserving of respect. Um, that being said, I would rather Josh Matlow win than Olivia Chow. And that says a lot about, (laughs) (laughs) so um, I do not
0: endorse that message.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I just think, um, I just think that she represents a vision for the city, like bigger government to me. That is like an anthem of what I want. I think a lot of people, if they were to actually take a look at the fine print, um, and get off the dock and, you know, put their beer down or whatever may think that too. But I also think people don't want an election right now. They don't want to pay attention to it. They want to relax in the summer and they see Olivia Chow's name and she's, and she's been benign, right? She's run a campaign where she basically doesn't exist other than on name recognition, which is what she should be doing. If I were her, that's what I tell her campaign to do. So do I think that, you know, Toronto's going to crack open and go to the center of the earth and we'll all burn in a fiery hell? No. Is it the kind of city I want to see? No. Um, But, you know, I think the good thing about council is that she's one vote even with strong mayor powers which i also don't think are at the end of the day and um she doesn't have a plurality on council so she's like even if she wins she's gonna have a tough tough slog but there's a week to go there are big endorsements in the wind, so we'll see what happens.
0: Well, also, John, the idea that she's massively popular, she's got, what, about 30% is where it averages out in all the polls, which is really good. Twice as good as everybody else. the only reason she's in the position she's in is because the right couldn't get their act together and pick one candidate. This would be a very different race if it wasn't as splintered. So, I don't think you can take that and go, most of Toronto wants her. Well, actually, no, most of Toronto doesn't. Oh, I'm not saying most,
1: but those people who seem to
0: think that she
1: is some loathsome choice don't get it. She's she's been at 30 5% for two months.
0: And she's an accomplished politician, uh, you know, for, for whether that's an endorsement of someone or not. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Okay.
1: Uh, Tim Danson, lawyer for the families of Paul Bernardo's victims, uh, is profiled today in a column by Joe Warmington. This seems to be an old story, but it's not one I'm familiar with, and it's definitely one worth talking about. Tim Danson will join us at 8.35. Uh, But apparently, there was a lawsuit between the families of the victims and the federal government, which the federal government won, and then the federal government billed the families $19,000 in legal expenses. That was run down to four thousand by a judge tim danson says we didn't pay it then we're not going to pay it now but amanda wow this shirt this does not look good
3: no it looks horrible and it's just another example of what on like what the i don't know how what the hell is the government doing on this like i do not understand like the the movement of bernardo the misstep um around that and then the idea that they've actually gone after the family for legal fees like get your Anyway, sorry, I'm just, I feel like there's many for words I could say, <laughs> but I hope I hope the publication of this in some way moves someone in government to do, you know, to do like the inappropriate thing and overstep and just waive this because like absolutely outrageous and should be fixed immediately. And hopefully public outcry does
1: that. Yeah, Robert Turner, I suspect a lot of this stuff is just somebody pulls out a manual. What do you do in a case like this? And it never occurs
0: to them. This is Bernardo. These are Bernardo's victims, which I just don't understand. Yeah. Right. Like, how can you not know? Uh, how is it not top of mind to be like, hey, guys, eh, just there, here's the Bernardo file, and this is how we deal with that specifically. And you can say, well, we shouldn't have different standards of justice. Yes, yes, we should. It's Paul Bernardo. He should be under the jail, not in it, but we are where we are. And uh, I, I don't understand how they keep, like, putting rakes down in front of themselves and walking into them. Shelley Carroll?
2: Yeah, yeah. You could say that the fact that they ended up in a case against the parents was some sort of procedural thing, and oh, it's a technicality. I'm sorry, we have to do this, but uh, we have to be consistent. And so that's the case. But going after the costs afterwards, that's a choice, a deliberate choice. And somebody really messed up here.
1: Okay. One last silly topic Uh, Amanda Galbraith, your thoughts on a federal MP who has filed an official grievance in Parliament because Taylor Swift is not playing a concert in canada
3: i mean like (laughs) good luck for you sir to get your name in the newspaper it hasn't worked because i haven't heard it yet but anyway godspeed um and i'm not a swifty so i'm not really exercised about this beyonce is coming in a couple weeks and that would be my uh She's my deity, and I'm really excited to go to that concert So she's coming to Canada.
1: (laughs) Robert Turner, fun parliamentary theatre or political foofery?
0: Yeah, you can be both.
3: Uh, I mean, but isn't this just about stadium
0: size? Like, we don't have a lot of huge stadiums in Canada. That's why we're not getting to WrestleMania again anytime soon. Really? Or an NFL team. But you and I went to the fairgrounds for Yeah, so he should shake it off. That's just wrestling, not WrestleMania. (laughs) WrestleMania is a bigger thing. It's like you need like a 100,000-seat football stadium for these things, don't you? We don't have one of those. All right. Thank you all. Good to have you. Amanda Galbraith, Robert Turner, Shelley Carroll.
1: Catch the round table. Round one at 7.45. Round two at 845.
2: Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.